Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. Y'all not going to believe this. I walked by, went back to talk to Brother Frank, and as I was walking by, I walked by Miss Virginia. She said, well, those two songs, she said, can you find these for me in the hymn book? I don't know how to sing these. She said, she didn't know, she didn't know how to sing those old songs. Y'all believe that? Brother Frank, you believe that? Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't, don't believe that. She, she knew them. Turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. <clears throat> In our last study, last study of 1 Peter chapter 4, we heard Peter give, giving his suffering audience a list of ethical do's and don'ts as the end times approached or, or as he thought they were approaching. Tonight, as we conclude chapter 4, Peter, Peter's going to tell us how we as Christians should suffer. Y'all just want to pack up and go leave now? He tells us how we should suffer. Now, we've moved past the fact that we're going to experience suffering. Now, Peter wants us to embrace that suffering that we might react as true Christians in the face of our sufferings. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. <clears throat> Dear friends, when the fiery ordeal arises among you to test you, did, did it say if? Does Peter say if or, or if it ever happens or possibly? No, it says when the fiery ordeal arises among you to test you, don't be surprised by it. Some of y'all need to underline that, get a highlighter, you circle it, write, the, write this in the very front of your Bibles. I mean, it says don't be surprised by it, as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, as you share in the sufferings of the Messiah, rejoice so that you may also rejoice with great joy at the revelation of his glory. If you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed because of the spirit of the glory of God rests on you. None of you, none of you, however, should suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a meddler. But if, some, but if anyone, anyone suffers as a Christian, he should not be ashamed, but he should glorify God with that name. For the time has come for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, <clears throat> what will the outcome be for those who disobey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is saved with difficulty, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So those who suffer according to God's will should, in doing good, entrust themselves to a faithful creator. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, again, we come to you asking forgiveness of our sins. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you for being able to come into your house, to sing songs of, of just uh, to your name and, and just lift your name on high. Lord, we thank you for your word and how it inspires us. Even though we know hard times are coming, God, your word inspires us to learn how to be. So, Lord, tonight I pray that you would help us to hear the words from your word, but not only hear them, but to retain them 
And when the time comes, not if the time comes, but when the time comes, you'll help us to remember these words that we might be able to stand boldly for you. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, amen. <clears throat> Church, as we live out the rest of our lives, uh, Peter has just given us a roadmap to sustain ourselves even in the worst possible times. Y'all know bad times are coming, right? And I'm not just talking about the, the political landscape across America, okay? I'm, not talk I'm talking about bad times, suffering times in your family, in your life, in your personal life. Bad times are coming. Th these words ought not only enable us to finish the race for Christ, but they should compel us to run the race that much harder to the very end. P Peter's writing this, you know, we know that we're going to suffer. Peter is writing this to people who are actually suffering. We might not ever come close to the suffering that they were experiencing, but we can still apply the very same measures as Peter is writing to these individuals. So what is it that Peter tells us that we need to do? What is it that they, they need to do? What is it that we need to do? We should look forward and remember what we need to do. Verse 12, he says, Do not be, what? Don't be surprised. Benji, does that say if suffering comes? He says, do not be surprised when suffering comes. Now, let's, let's do a little survey. Is there anybody in here who hasn't suffered somehow, some way? Now, I understand that the word suffering is a relative term. What I consider suffering, Miss Barbara might not consider suffering. And what Miss Barbara considers suffering, Brother Frank might be sitting there, there saying, listen, I, I served two tours in Vietnam, that ain't suffering. But we all have this mindset that we have suffered somehow, some way. So, I mean, I, we've all gone through suffering, right? Right? All of us? We've all experienced suffering somehow, some way. So, why does Peter tell us to not be surprised? He tells us, do not be surprised when you find yourself in a place of suffering. This is deep theology here, right? They might even talk about this at the Southern Baptist Convention next week. And they all listen to me. Listen to me. You need to be praying for that convention. There's going to be churches that leave the Southern Baptist Convention before too long if something doesn't happen. You need to be praying for that convention. But when suffering happens, when suffering, he says, do not be surprised. Why? Why? Here we go. This is deep theology here, Trey. You ready? Write this down, baby. Because we're always surprised. We're always so surprised when something happens. We are. Reagan, we're so surprised when, when we have to go through a time of suffering. And what do we, what do we usually say? There you go. Who said that, Miss Barbara? Why? Why? Why not you? Why not me? I'm no better than Jesus. Anybody in here better than Jesus? Did he not suffer for us? But we're, we're always so surprised. Can't, can't believe it. He says, do not be surprised. Do not be surprised. Can, can I be honest here for a second? And I've told you all this before. I don't want to die of a heart attack. I, I don't. 
Y'all, I've visited the hospital many, many, many times, and one of the things that I like the least, and John, you can probably attest to me because you've probably seen this as well as you visited in the hospitals. I've seen people hooked up to all these kinds of machines, but the thing that kind of bothers me the most is seeing people after they've had that open heart surgery, and they're just, they're like this. They've got a tube down their throat, and I, you know, I don't, and drainage, all, I, I just don't like, I don't want that. Nope, don't want a heart attack. I might have one, but I, I, you know, I don't want one. I don't want cancer. I don't want to get shot by a gun. I don't want to get stroke. I don't want food poisoning. I, I cannot think of a death that I would pick for myself. But church, listen, I have come to peace with the fact that I'm going to die. That's what Peter's talking about here tonight. He says suffering's coming. I mean, I, I could honestly sit in my house and think, you know, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to die of a car wreck. I've seen those people. I, I don't want to die, you know, I don't want somebody to rob me and stab me and cut. I, I don't want that. But Stan, it doesn't matter how much I worry. And see, that's what you're doing. We're, we're worrying because we know that suffering might come, but it's coming anyway. There is absolutely nothing we can do, nothing we can do to stop the fact that suffering is coming. Well, somebody says, well, I could die immediately. Well, you might not suffer, but some of your family's going to suffer if they like you. Now, if they don't, you know, if they don't care nothing about you, it's no, no, no worry at all. But that's not usually the case. There's at least one family who thinks, you know, something of you. They don't know the true, true you, right? Come on, y'all, wake up. Suffering's coming. He's trying to prepare them and help those people who were suffering to understand, listen, you're, you're, not, you're, you're not just the only people who this is going to happen to. Understand that you're going through a time of suffering, but everybody, every single person is going to suffer. Now, why are we so surprised when we hear of the death of someone or someone is experiencing some sort of suffering or tragedy? Tragedy. Scripture, this scripture tonight tells us it is coming. Listen, we can't even slow it down. There, there's no way. That, that's why I, I've, I've told so many of y'all, and I'll tell you again, any and every chance that I can get away, just me and my beautiful bride, to where we can hold hands and, and look at a sunset and, and just, you know, no, just by ourselves, and, and as the sun goes down, Bailey, we're just going to get, you know, get a big old kiss. Why? Because our time of suffering's coming. There's coming a time when we can't do that. There's nothing I can do, Donna, to stop it, to slow it down. A time is coming. Church, we ought to, when suffering comes, pull our Bibles out in support of those when they're going through a time of suffering and say, this is what was taught by Peter a long time ago. Do not be surprised. It's all, get this, suffering. You ready, Miss Barbara? Suffering is a part of life. It is. It's a part of life. As we were walking over here from the Sunday school wing where they had the VBS meeting, Amy and I were walking past my office, and she looked down at me and she said, I don't know if this is a splinter or a spider bite, but it hurts. There wasn't anything I could do about it. And old Michael Carter, he says, you need to take a pen and prick that thing and, and, and pop it open and put some medicine in it. It'll be okay. Well, you say, you know, Brother Kyle, that's, that's not suffering. Well, it, it's a very small portion of suffering. It really is. T tonight, when I get home and I put my short pants on and my T-shirt on and my flip-flops on, I'm going to walk over to the recliner. 
And, and as I ease down in that recliner, something's going to ache. And y'all know what I'm going to say? Ooh, ooh. Now, that's not bad today, but it's going to get worse. It, it really is. It's going to get worse the older I get. And, and listen, we, we need to be able to pull this scripture out, not and throw it in the face of people and say, listen, if you were a Christian, you'd know this. Don't need to do that, right? But when people are going through suffering, so many people have, I've heard say this, I just, I wish I had words to give you, to encourage you. <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. I, I wish that I had words to give you comfort because your wife just died or your, your, you know, your child just died. Or, here you go. We're all going towards a time of suffering. So what in the world should we do in, in this time? Look at verse 13. Verse 13 says, Instead, as you share in the sufferings of the Messiah, what's that next word? Now Peter's talking crazy. Is he not? Now Peter is talking crazy. Now, this isn't the first time that Peter has told us to rejoice in the midst of sufferings. Look at, look at chapter 1, verse 6. Chapter 1, verse 6. It says this. You rejoice in this. Though, though now for a short time you, you have made, you, you, uh, short time you ha have had to be distressed by various trials so that the genuineness of your faith more valuable than gold and then perishes through refined by fire may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Peter is really telling us to rejoice in the times of our son. That's what he's writing. These people who are, I mean, they're being just terribly afflicted by other by Christian persecution. And Brother Frank, Peter is writing this saying, listen guys, what you, don't, you don't need to run, don't hide, don't hoard for, uh, food, don't hoard toilet paper. This is what you need to do. Peter, this is what you need to do. Stop where you are and rejoice. Rejoice. Do what? Peter, Peter said Rejoice. Really? Peter, Peter said, rejoice? Church, Peter is really trying to help us understand that we desperately need to rejoice in the times of suffering. Church rejoicing is one of the biggest things that helps us get through our sufferings. Test, test this, this teaching. I encourage you, listen, maybe we need to get the praise team together, not just for this time right here, but when somebody's going through a time of suffering, Angela, let, let's, let's go out in the front yard. You know how you do Christmas caroling? We need to just go out there and rejoice. Deborah said, bring them to my house. I, I bet you if we had this ministry here at the church, I, at least two or three times a week, somebody would call me and say, Pastor, Pastor, I'd get a knock on my door. Pastor, Pastor, can you, sing the praise, can you send the praise team over to my house tonight? That's not a bad idea. Write that down. Write that down. Write that down. But I want you to do this. 
He's saying rejoice in the time of suffering. I want us to test this teaching, church, and tell me if Peter was wrong. When you find yourselves in the midst of suffering, lift your voice. Instead of complaining and saying, why is me? And, and just being in the mully grubs and, and just trying to figure out what you're going to do next. Stop it and lift your voice. Rejoice in the Lord. Sing praises unto him. Sing, it is well with my soul. Just try it. And see if you do not walk away feeling better than before you started singing. Church, God is faithful, especially when we are faithful. Can you imagine the pride? Listen, listen, listen to this. Can you imagine the pride that God feels when we sing in the midst of our suffering? Can, can you imagine? I mean, I, as I look across my life, Stan, I, I, there's not a whole lot that I, I can imagine God's real proud about my life. But can you imagine in the times of my suffering, Sharon, if I'll just stop, James, if I'll just stop, go outside, stand beside a tree. I didn't say hug the tree. We're not tree huggers, okay? But sing it as well with my soul. Sing, sing something unto God. Sing what's inside of you unto God. Can you imagine how that just makes him just full of pride? Look at him. Look at him. Listen, Satan. Satan, hey, look. Look over there. You see him? See what you tried to do to him? I saw what you tried to do to him. Look, look what he's doing. Can you imagine the pride that God feels when we do this? Church, Peter's message to us tonight, is it any different than before? Look at verse 13. Verse 13 says, let me find 13. It says, instead of us, instead as for you to share in sufferings of the Messiah, rejoice so that you may rejoice with great joy and revelation of his glory. Same, same message. Same message. Peter tells us that as we suffer in this life, we are sharing the sufferings for Christ. Now that's good and bad. We're sharing the sufferings for Christ. Now, can I tell you something that kills me as a Christian? I mean, it just, it, it, it really bothers me a lot. Y'all ready? Jesus suffered for my sins. If you follow the, the, the life of Christ, if you follow him as he walked the Via Dolorosa, if you watch him when he was tried, when he was arrested, when you watch Jesus as he was beaten, battered, kicked, spit upon, nailed to a cross, and the sins that he died for were my sins. Mine. Church, that bothers me. That bothers me as a Christian. Peter says, as we suffer, he says for us to realize that we are experiencing just a small portion of what Christ experienced for our sins. In other words, as we're suffering, if your parents ever said this to you and, and when you're complaining, shut your mouth and remember Aunt Judy. Shut your mouth and remember what happened to Uncle Bob. When we're complaining about something small or not having something, remember somebody else. Instead of Pointing to somebody else, though, Peter points to the ultimate sacrifice to Jesus. He says, listen, when you're suffering, 
Just shut your mouth and remember how Jesus suffered for you. Are you going to have to endure anything like that? Okay, let's go. Let's move forward. Let's move on. Let's move on. Church, what causes death? <clears throat> sin is the cause of all death. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. My sin calls Christ to suffer, and my sin will cause me to suffer. Church, how I choose to act during my life of suffering is purely up to me. I can say, why me? Why me? Or I can sing Amazing Grace. And so can you. Now, he goes on in verse 14 and 16 talking about the severity or suffering severely. He tells us again that if we should suffer at the hands of the world, guess what? We'll be blessed. If, if somehow, some way, and it's, it's getting worse, the persecution towards the church. And it's going to continue to get worse the closer we get to the time of Christ's Christ return. Y'all know that, right? Don't expect it to get any better. If we, ex if we experience this persecution and we're, per we're persecuted the way Peter's writing this letter to this actual persecuted church, guess what? We win. We win. Every year, Bill and I pick with each other when Duke and North Carolina play each other. And if Duke wins, he'll let me know Duke wins. And I already know Duke won. Did you hear old Krzyzewski's leaving after this year? <laughs> and Roy's already going. I'm in trouble. I'm, I'm, it's great news. But if North Carolina wins, I always let Bill know, and Bill already knows that they've won because he's watched the game. But church, in this instance, if we face suffering and persecution, we win. Why? Because we are experiencing it not because of who we are in ourselves. It's because of who is in us, and that's Jesus. And we're rewarded for that very thing. Peter then goes on to say that none of us, none of us should suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer. And this one was kind of, you know, think about this, how you weight sins. Y'all know how you say, well, this sin, whoo, that sin, that's a bad, that's a bad sin. Listen, y'all pay attention. Ladies, y'all pay attention. Bailey, you pay attention, girl. L listen to this. He says, None of, a, none of you should suffer as a thief. That's bad, stealing, bad. As an evildoer, oh, that's bad too, that's bad. A meddler? Any of y'all know any meddlers? Y'all know somebody, hey, listen, y'all know somebody who carries a spoon in their back pocket, don't you? Now, that's pot stirrer. I'm, I'm a pot stirrer, so that's okay, but I'm talking about meddling. <laughs> meddling, causing, I mean, just unnecessary. He said they should, we're not going to suffer the way they do. Why? Why? Why are we not going to suffer the way they do? Because true Christians know better and don't practice <coughs> that type of behavior. You don't. Revelation 21, verse 5 through 8, tell us that there is a punishment of hell for those who practice these things and remain unrepentant. Listen to me. Listen to me, those who practice these things and remain unrepentant. They do them and they don't ask forgiveness for them. Well, what are those things? Look at Revelation 21. And I'm going to get there faster than y'all. I'll just read it. Revelation 21 verse 5 says this. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, 
I am making everything new. He also said, write, because these words are faithful and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, <coughs> the beginning and the end. I will give to the thirsty from the spring of the living water as a gift. The victor will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowards, unbelievers, vile, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and, men, and, <clears throat> and all liars, there shall be, there shall be, their, uh, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. He draws the line right there. He then, we then see verses 17 through 19, the, the time of final judgment. The time of final judgment has come. He, Peter lets us know the time for the judgment had already come. And especially as we see this in light of what's taking place in the church. Judgment is coming upon this church. It really was. And that's what the whole reason for the letter was. The church, Christians of that day, were being persecuted greatly. And it's happening all over the world today. Do, do you know why we don't hear about it? Do y'all know? Because it doesn't meet the media's agenda. It really doesn't. But listen to me. I promise you, if you watch the right news channels this week, you're going to hear all about the Southern Baptist Convention. Y'all know why? Because we are the largest evangelical group aside from the Catholics. And they're not happy. You know why? Because the vast majority of us vote conservative. You're going to see it all over the news. All over the news. Church, Peter asks <clears throat> if sufferings begin with us. What will the outcome of those who disobey the gospel of God? That's a good question, isn't it? If the sufferings begin with us, what's going to happen to those who disobey the gospel of God? Their penalty will be much more worse than anything man can impose on any Christian in this life. Now, what, think with me here for a second. <clears throat> Why would he add that? Why would he want their, his readers who are being persecuted to know that information? Do you think any of them were mad because, I mean, look, I, I'm living my life as a Christian. I'm, I, I'm trying to be everything God wants me to be. And here I am, I'm persecuted by these, these hateful people, and they live like hell, y'all. I mean, that, nothing happens to them. Well, why do they get to live so wonderfully and free and, and look at them? They've got everything, and here I am, I'm being persecuted. I'm, I'm getting ready to die. Peter wants them to know, listen, listen, you don't want to suffer the way they're going to have to suffer. You, you, what you see is just surface level. The suffering that is coming for them, you're not going to have to experience. And you need to thank God that you're not going to have to experience that in this life or the next. <clears throat> Verse 19 tells us that as we suffer, even unto death, we are to entrust ourselves to our faithful creator. Does this sound familiar? Even when we're suffering unto death, we, we need to, to just resolve 
to lift up and be, be loved by our Creator. Does that sound familiar? I preached a message just the other day from that. Let, let's listen to a person who is, is facing unbelievable persecution, and let's listen to his words. Look at Acts chapter 7, verse 57. Acts chapter 7, verse 57. Then they screamed at the top of their voices, stopped their ears, and rushed together against him, being Stephen. They threw him out of the city and began to stone him. They had already started throwing rocks, and some of those rocks were missing, but some of them were hitting their target. Y'all with me? And the witness laid their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. They were stoning Stephen as he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And saying this, he fell asleep. Church again, listen, verse 19 tells us that as we suffer even unto death, we are to entrust ourselves to our faithful creator. Rejoice. And then again I say what? Rejoice. Church, are you willing? Are you willing? Nobody wants to. But are you willing to suffer for Christ as he suffered for you? Nobody wants to, John. Nobody wants to. I get that. But are you willing to suffer as Jesus suffered for us? Will you rejoice in your sufferings as a testimony to who was alive in you even unto death as Stephen did? Can, can y'all imagine... <clears throat> <clears throat> I told y'all this morning as we were going through uh, the lives of those five apostles, I, I can't imagine any type of crucifixion. Uh, when you face that type of torture, I mean, I I'd be hollering, just kill me, just kill me, just kill me. Jesus, what Jesus went through was absolutely horrible. I mean, I can't imagine sitting there pushing up on bloodied feet on a spike that was going through your hands and your feet to get a breath of air every few seconds. I can't imagine that. From the time that Jesus was hung on the cross to the time he died was less than a day. Right? Can you imagine two days? Two days. And what did he do? He preached Jesus for two days. Church, are you willing to suffer for Jesus? Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. <clears throat> Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for this day. And we thank you, Lord, that you did suffer for us. Lord, many of us, most of us, won't ever have to experience that type of suffering. But I hope in our hearts, Lord, because of what you've done for us, we're, we're at least willing because you were willing for us. Be with us during this time of invitation, Lord. Help us to search our hearts and to see where we are in your sight. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, you need to come and just spend some time at the altar.